It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. Uh, it's, I mean, you're, you're going to hear the voices of a, a happy Jambo and a not-so-happy Aberdeen fan. On this episode, I'm Robert Borthwick, your host. I'm joined by Tom Watt. Yeah, here. Hi. Not, <laughs> here. Not so happy. Yeah, I'm just going to be speaking in grunts. <laughs> in grunts and knocking my microphone over. Yeah, that's fine. In rage. That's it. It's, in it's, rage. it's all in complete anger. You're just going to have to hold on to that, I think. I'm going to have to hold on to that, aren't I? That's absolutely fine. It's because we're in unfamiliar territory. Well, that's we're, it. We're, it's an away away game. <laughs> the, both of us. Craig, Craig Cairns away. Yeah, uh, is, Craig Cairns' is, house. Is the fixture. So, it's uh, very kind of him to host. It is, yeah. And not be on <laughs> <laughs> And just leave us to, to do our thing. Yeah. Uh, myself and Tom are really tired. That's something that unites us both. So this will be a nice chilled out <laughs> podcast. For you all to enjoy. Um, now, there was a, a full card of Scottish Premiership fixtures in the midweek. All of those games played on Wednesday. So we're going to talk through each and every one of them. And considering it's myself and Tom on the show, we will start with Robbie Nielsen's high-flying jambos uh, against Jim Goodwin's dismal dons. Uh, we'll, we'll call it. It was Hearts 2, Aberdeen 0, Stephen Kingsley and John Souter. Not in that order, um, scoring the two goals for Hearts. And what was... A very comfortable victory uh, in the end. Tom, from an Aberdeen point of view, how did you see it? Uh, just a, another write-off. Like it, It's getting to the stage now where I think the vast majority of Aberdeen fans, if you said you've got 10th and you can move on to next season, we'd take it. Just <laughs> take it and move on. And I mean, the way that the league's kind of bunched up, yeah, theoretically, if we win three of the last four games, probably will finish in the top six, and then it's anyone's. But nobody is winning three games in a row anywhere in Scotland at the moment. <laughs> and I think we've won three games in a row in all competitions once this season. Um, so I, it, it's not looking likely. So it's basically just getting to the stage where 
do enough to make sure it doesn't get worse and it could um, and then take it from there because Hearts started by far and away the better team it was probably at the point when there was a maybe like a 10 minute spell in the first half when Declan Gallagher scored and it was disallowed and then there was a bit of sustained pressure but then Hart scored and never at any point looked in any discomfort after that well that was it it was you know Hart started really really well and almost kind of similar to the way they started in Paisley as well you know within the first 10 minutes there was a handful of chances um, that that weren't put away Uh, Liam Boyce again you know he's he's playing well he's he's playing all right, but he cannot score uh, right now so again that a slight issue um, for Hearts Ellis Sims had a good chance as well heading over the bar from from inside the six yard box probably should have done better but Aberdeen did, did you know I, I say come back into it but again like the, the strike force of you know Matty Kennedy um, Bizwine is that how we're saying it Bizwine Bizwine cool yep. and uh, Christian Ramirez did nothing they were anemic you know they, they really offered nothing over the 90 minutes let alone in that spell Declan Gallagher's goal should not have been ruled out it, it wasn't a foul on Ellis Sims uh, there was a question of offside, but the flag never went up, so that was a, a baffling decision and a night full of weird decisions from uh, Steve McLean and his and his assistants. But yeah, Hart's Hart's got the goal. John Souter, um, smash and finish. It, it takes a wee deflection, but he hits it so well and almost has the sort of instinct of a striker to to pull out and then and then hit the ball like that. But it was a deserved lead, and, and going into half time, you know, I was kind of thinking, right, we'll just play like this because I, I don't see Aberdeen doing anything. And they didn't. <laughs> and then we, we scored the second uh, right on the hour mark. Stephen Kingsley um, getting up above both Gallagher and uh, Andrew Ramirez. Um, and from there on in, you know, it looked like it was going to be easy street. Aberdeen got a penalty. Um, what's your view on it, Tom? From a from a as a as a Don's fan. If that, I mean, if that penalty had been given against us, I would have been furious. What I don't, what I never understand in these circumstances, when the, the only thing in football better than a goal. Is a saved penalty. Yeah. So, like, who cares if it's a dive if the goal doesn't go in? If you <laughs> save the penalty and you move, like, it's even more of two fingers up to everybody else. It, it, I've seen softer ones given, but it, and against us, but not that many. It wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, I, I was doing Hearts TV stuff, and I I said a few times like I think that is a penalty because he does tap his foot. But then I was kind of you know focusing on other things, and I watched like the the highlights again today. It's not like he he taps his foot and then Ferguson throws his leg back, throws himself to the ground, and you know Robbie Nielsen took a very strong stance on it after the game. But I think he enjoys winding people up when Hearts win games, um, including the Hearts fans. <laughs> so I, I, I you know I, I can understand why he did that. But yeah, it, it wasn't a penalty. But Craig Gordon, who is famed for not saving penalties, um, pretty much throughout his career, has now got three penalty saves in the space of like three weeks because he saved two against Livy in the in the shootout as well. And it, it didn't look like a confident penalty from Lewis Ferguson, who, for me, was really the only Aberdeen player who looked like he showed up on the night. He, the, he he's had a very frustrating season because he knows that he's going to have to make things happen. Also, frustratingly, a lot of the things that he tries to do to make things happen is take pot shots from 25 yards where there is something better on or there, sometimes there isn't anything better on and he's just got to take a swing at it. I mean, he's a very, very good penalty taker. I think it's the first one he's missed in 13. It's the first one he's ever missed in his yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. and he's taken the Yeah, I think it's 13. He scored 12 and that, that was the last. And, and Aberdeen generally over the years have had a very, very good record. Um, 
in taking penalties I looked it up last night and I think in seven years missed four That's in total good. and two of those the rebound, they scored the rebound so very very good record was confident when they got the penalty they'd get in Aberdeen would get back into it but it was a penalty that kind of summarised the performance um, and I think it, the the biggest worry with the remain and you know there are players to come back from an Aberdeen perspective there are players that are, are out with COVID and with a couple of injuries that may well be back for um, for Rangers at the weekend and if not for if not then then the three games uh, I think it's um, Hibs Dundee and Ross County before the before the split, we may come back into it, but at the moment, there are too many who either know they won't be there next season, or are are still kind of in limbo. There doesn't seem to be any kind of connection between between the two. So they're either looking for Boisterson to do something, and he's only twenty one and is only finding his feet as well, or Ferguson to take pot shots and. There, there's the there's the sort of weird the, the Scott Brown scenario is another thing that that's odd and will be a, needs to be resolved one way or another before the end of the season because last night he looked every bit is 36 years old and and he's a, he's a strange one over the course of the whole season because actually if you were to rank the performances of the squad over the whole season he's probably been certainly been in the top five performers it's not it's not saying much but he's been on on an individual level he's been pretty good he gets pass marks the team is worse with him in it Um, when Ross McCrory was moved into midfield uh, a couple of weeks ago it was night and day just the difference and how quickly the ball got got put forward and last night Hearts midfield just ran all over him Um, he was leaving his man for I mean the the boys chance was, was entirely his fault leaving his man and I think when there are confident players round about him who can maybe do something um, but in those games where he's where, his, where legs are needed it's he's, he doesn't have them <laughs> he does not have them and um, it, if the promise to him is you know see out the season you're probably not going to be doing as much coaching as you'd like then it, that is a problem that yeah. is a big problem because he can't play like that every week I big boy I have never seen him less effective in a game at Tynecastle. Um, Beningame, you can see what Scott Brown was trying to do. He was trying to get right into Beningame from the start, and he wasn't getting there. You know, Beningame was winning the 50-50s. He was being able to run away from him. He was able to pass past him, and then he was like, right, okay, I'll go for Devlin instead. Exact same thing happened. And he, he just, like you say, the Hearts midfield, because they went you know, like for like in terms of formation last night, and the Hearts midfield just ran over them. Connor Barron... Again, you know, it's a promising young player, but he wasn't able to get his foot on the ball either. Um, and and Hearts just they, they dominated in pretty much every area um, of of the game, and, and you know, pretty much for ninety minutes as well. It's one of the poorest Aberdeen performances I've seen at Tynecastle in, in quite a while. It's probably the worst performance of the season, uh, or that, certainly that I've seen. Is probably the the mo- like there were the fact that it was only two 0 the fact that we should have been ahead uh, and. I'd have had no confidence in holding on to that because we can't hold on to leads at all. But the fact that um, it, we we could theoretically have been in the game with fifteen minutes to go yeah. and could have thrown because there wasn't like nobody got. I, I don't even think it was Ferguson got past marks because you know, missed a penalty and you know 
being the only one taking shots isn't enough. So there there are problems, there are concerns, and I would I would absolutely take tenth right now. That is uh, that is depressing. It's incredibly <laughs> depressing. It's uh, you know quickly from a Hearts point of view, um, they've changed formation the last couple of weeks and it's worked very well. Scored four goals, conceded none. Craig Halkett coming back into the team is um, is quite a large part of that. To be honest, again, you know he's up against Ramirez. Ramirez is a player I really like. Um, I think he's he's perfectly suited to SPFL football. Couldn't get anywhere near him. Craig Halkett was winning the headers. Craig Halkett was out muscling him. And John Souter um, as well, sort of whenever Ramirez thought, I'm, I've, I'm done with this Halkett guy, I'm going to go to that. Souter did the same. Um, the two in midfield, Devlin, <coughs> pardon me, Devlin and Beningame, um improving. I think both of them had slumps in form. Hearts generally had a slump in form, but both of them are looking much better. And I think that Liam Boyce in the number 10 position behind Ellis Sims works well. I think we've tried to shoehorn Boyce in wide to get them both into the team previously. But actually... Liam Boyce, when we're in the championship, especially playing as a number ten, was was excellent. He's really good at, at dropping deep and taking the ball. So again, looks like we found a solution to how do we play both of them. And you know, Barry Mackay is, is just continues to be one of the best creative forces in in the Scottish top flight. I, I think he's now second in the league for assists. Um, Joel Sked posted this earlier on. He's, he's third in the league for for chance creation, um, and he got the assist for for Stephen Kingsley's goal as well. So. Everything's looking fine apart from maybe Gary McKay Stephen, who again struggled a little bit. I, th- I, th- I thought he was actually okay against Aberdeen. He was fine, but you know he, he was up against Ojo at, at right back, and he, he was always going to have a bit of joy um, going into that. But generally speaking, Hearts are rested. They're, they're poor form. Um, two good wins in the bounce now. Twelve points ahead. Um, you know, considering Hearts haven't played well at all in recent weeks, they've gone from ten points to twelve points to you know, however many points it could be after this weekend playing against Dundee United. So, yeah, things are looking up. I I never think it's done until it's done when it comes to Hearts, but it's It's done. 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 There's no teams going to put together a run and the Hearts aren't going to lose as many games. There's nine games left. Someone's going to have to win at least five of them. Yeah. Nobody's doing that. Yeah. Well, (laughs) listen, one team that could do that is Livingston. So let's go to uh, the Tony Mac. Um, Livy, two, Dundee United, one, Livingston, leapfrogging everyone uh, into fourth position. Uh, I think I saw a tweet the other day saying how on earth did Levy spawn into fourth? Uh, <laughs> like they'd passed away in a Grand Theft Auto game and just appeared there. Um, and they were they were worthy of their win in the end. Um, I think, it, you know, there was fortune about the winning goal with, with Ryan Edwards putting it into his own net. Um, Scott Pittman scored the first uh, with uh, Liam Smith scoring inside two minutes for Dundee United. But, you know, Livingston are doing that thing under David Martindale that Livingston tend to do um, where they, they have a, a, a bit of a down period but then find their feet their best players start playing and they, they start winning games and they're they're good in the home straight they're, they're like they're and at a time when every, like nobody else can nobody else can put a run together I mean literally the from the bottom of the table to fourth is it I think the, the bottom no the bottom eight teams have nine wins between them in the last <laughs> six games each so you know, however many games there have been, nine matches won. Yeah. In eight matches between in, 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 the eight teams playing in their last six matches, so anyone puts any kind of run together, then they're in a very very good position. And I think the they're not Livy are not there yet, but they're probably only four points, four four points from the last three games for the split, four games for the split, which is eminently doable. And the way that they're playing, and they're playing Celtic at home on Saturday, so they'll win. They'll win. You know? yeah, yeah, they've got that. They've got yeah. that. And the, I think the 
they they've had a they've had a, a pretty decent squad all the way through, but players are starting to click and players are doing things that they're finding something else that they were doing that, that I didn't think they had in them. Well, that that's what I was going to bring up. You know, guys like uh, Penrice at mm. left back, it's coming onto a real game. Holton Omionga, we've spoken about for a few weeks now as as being a really good midfield pair, but add Scott Pittman into that and you basically add goals yeah. because you know Omionga and Holt. For all the great work that they do, they're not known goal scorers. Scott Pittman has always contributed, and obviously midweek there is is no exception. He got a goal against Dundee as well, and then Joel Nubley, um, you know, playing as the the sort of the big wide man is amazing to watch. I absolutely love him. He just pins everyone, and then he can go past people. He can get the ball into the middle. He can get into the middle himself, and then in the middle you've got Bruce Anderson, who's shown himself an extremely capable striker for a Livingston team. I think he was always kind of ready-made for how Livingston play. You know, it's really smart recruitment getting him. And Alan Forrest uh, aided, I have to say in this game, by Dundee United not tackling him. No. Not even trying to tackle him, actually. <laughs> Every time he got the ball, it was like there was a force field uh, in front of him. <laughs> and no Dundee United player got anywhere near him. But, I mean, it's, you know, I've, I've not even mentioned Fitzwater, Devlin and Obelai, who were the other starters in that team. It's a good team. Is and it? it's a good team who are now doing well. It's a good team. And they, Livingston players always know what they need to do, how they make the system work. With, like very, or or at least they understand what they the, they have to do. To, you know, at the start of the season it didn't work. At the start of the season they, they did look a little, bit, there was a bit of a lack of quality, but they are starting to click. And I mean the the, so like Bruce Anderson for example, a very very good example where I was always a good finisher. He was always a good penalty box striker, but his off the ball movement for the for the equalising goal was fantastic. And, and they're getting bodies forward to support. Now, personally, there's a bit of a bugbear there that we swapped in for J. Emmanuel Thomas, basically, and that's exactly what we're yeah. missing at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, when he, And he was doing that at reserve level for a very, very long time. And uh, But I, d- I didn't know that he had that in his game where he could he can drop off, drop off his marker, he can go wide, he can pull. And I think they're getting, at, at the moment... While nobody else, while nobody's able to put any kind of sustained run together, Livingston are the side you'd want to face the least. Yes, I, think I would. I, if if you had to win to get into the top six at the moment, I would be more confident with Rangers and Celtic side with it facing anybody else other than Livy at the moment. And this is where the weirdness of this Premiership yes. season comes in for me because. Throughout the season, if you look at sort of wee spells and stuff like that, you're like, right, Hibs started the season really well. Hearts started the season really well. Hearts have been able to pull away. But you look at the teams beneath. Hibs started the season well. Aberdeen under glass, they had a spell. They had a little run of games where they were doing okay. Dundee United, on a couple of occasions, have put runs together and you think, right, United are looking really handy here. Livingston are the team just now who are putting a run together whilst everyone else falters. Motherwell have had spells under Graham Alexander where he won manager of the month. Mm-hmm. They had a really good spell, and then they dropped off a cliff as well. It's, it's honestly like the 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 ebb and the meandering of each team, you know, beneath third position and above the the bottom two, has been remarkable. But right now, you have to say that the team to watch out for is is Livingston, and I have no doubt in my mind that it could be a couple of weeks, and we're saying, oh, I wouldn't want to face Dundee United, yeah, because you know, in this game, United offered quite a lot actually you know the, the goal within two minutes but they had good chances as well Niskanen uh, had a great chance with a header and for some reason the one part of the goal the goalkeeper was in he kinda, <laughs> you know it was like um, you know when defenders sort of like coolly nod it back to the goalkeeper and you're like ah oh, it's lovely it, it was like that uh, Nicky Clark had a chance off the bench Mark McNulty 
from a, a Kevin McDonald sort of speculative effort um, came pretty close as well. You know, United have a lot of good players who can make a difference. Anthony Watt. Anthony Watt? What on earth am I saying? Tony Watt? I'm so tired, Tom. I'm so <laughs> Thursday, not Sunday. <laughs> Tony Watt uh, obviously got the assist for, uh, for for Liam Smith's goal. Liam Smith playing essentially midfield in this game as well. Keaton Freeman. You know, they, they have a lot of good attacking outlets even from deeper down in the, in the park. And I think that you know, all it takes is a win against Hearts at Tannadice on Saturday, and again, you could see Dundee United putting a run together. But it's just, it's so weird seeing that many teams separated by essentially a point. And, and the flip side of this is, in four weeks' time, there's going to be a split, and suddenly, probably three teams are going to be in a relegation battle. So, so this is <laughs> this is where the split gets called into question again. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's... because you know, it's essentially it takes like what maybe Hibs join against Hearts in the last game before the split they'll level in points with the three teams above them yeah. and they're in the bottom six yeah it is and and like you know there's, there is a gap at the moment there's a nine point gap between St Johnson in the playoff place and, and Aberdeen in 10th then St Mirren Ross County a point above um, Motherwell and Dundee United on 35 points but basically there, there is 12 points between the team in potentially in European European place depending on who wins the Scottish Cup yeah. and in the relegation playoff place and with eight games to nine games to go um, and dog eat dog in the bottom six that gets eaten up very yeah. very quickly yeah. um, So and everyone pretty much everyone even Dundee to some extent other than St Johnston have had their little run St yeah. Johnston haven't had that this season they've just picked it so you know put a couple of results together other people don't and you could find quite quickly that you go from missing out on goal difference <laughs> on the chance of European football and you know there's not much not much in there when you get into the top six somebody's gonna somebody's gonna get European football without try having to do too much when they get in there to a really nasty looking playoff place. Yeah. Whoever finishes and you know whoever wins the playoffs is going to be pretty pretty capable and used to an absolute War, which is what the playoffs is going to have to be. The playoffs this season, man, is like whoever finishes second, third, fourth in the championship. I have no faith in. Oh no! But then whoever finishes it, whoever finishes eleventh in the Premiership, I have no, no faith, faith in. It's just like <laughs> it's going to be one of those weird occasions where it's either going to be like six nil, or, or it's it's just going to go to penalties. It's oh. just like you know. Yeah, it's 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 hardly mouth watering uh, the prospect of these playoffs. But then that's maybe what makes it interesting as well. But there's one one part of this game we haven't spoken about yet, and I feel like we have to. Is Scott Pittman's finish mm. and that goal generally? I mean, obviously the you know Liam Smith's goal was was nice work from uh, Tony Watt down the left hand side, tap in at the near post, brilliant. The own goal was was good work from uh, from Nicky Devlin, but it was unfortunate from uh, from Ryan Edwards. But Scott Pittman's goal um, stands out above the rest. The first touch and the finish is just absolutely brilliant. For like every part of it, though the build-ups, the 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 ball ins clever, the pull down and the pulling away from the marker, but um, Anderson Nibley's part in it's fantastic, and the finish is so clean. Yeah, like it's, catches it so well, and from distance and with bodies in front of him, it's awesome finish. Well, that's it. It's, it's like it's not that far out. Maybe penalty spot, you know, maybe just beyond. And it kind of goes in to the middle of the goal, and it's hit that well that Seagrist has no idea what's happened until it's until it's passed him, uh, and that's one of the. I mean, he did like Seagrist, um, you know, pass the ball to Alan Forrest at one stage in the game as well. So maybe he didn't have his best game, but certainly one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Nowhere near it. It's just an absolutely brilliant goal. And I think like 
I've always really liked watching Scott Pittman because of his runs into the box, because of the way that he can affect games in an attacking way and the fact that he's just dogged and, and does that, that side of it as well. But yeah, just absolutely brilliant technique, great goal. Now, another team that is is putting a run together? No, no, I'm not going to say that. Are they? Nah, maybe. So Motherwell nil, Ross County won. Uh, Ross County travelling to Fur Park and getting a 1-0 win courtesy of a penalty from Joseph Hungbo. I mean, before we say anything else, it wasn't a penalty. Um, he's, he's outside the box. Uh, I don't know. I think that, that if, if the foul is continuing into the box and it does sort of continue into the box, he's still got his arm on it. The, the, first, the, the contact is definitely initiated outside the box. My issue is, was the defender not fouled in the first instance before he goes across? I think it's one of, one of the... This is a separate issue, but related. So the the... Sports scene analysis of it last night was if it had gone to VAR, would it would the penalty have been given? That's not the problem. The problem is no one knows if it had gone to VAR, would the penalty have been given? Yeah. Entirely possible you'd come to the same conclusion. Entirely possible that they would have judged that there was a foul on the defender first, or the foul was outside the box, or indeed the, you know there is just as much madness or it, like inconsistency in the decision making because it's just somebody else's opinion. Yeah, but I would be frustrated if I was a mother of a player, but I can see why it was given as a penalty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for me, it was it was just outside the box, but it's one of those, it's so marginal. that yeah. I think it's John Beaton, uh, the referee. You can see why he's given it. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the it's always, yeah, we're always going to say, oh, what would VAR have done? Well, it's like, I don't know, because it just would have been another referee yeah. getting the same angles as us, and we don't know. That's like, it. It's, it's, who knows? But Joseph Hungbo uh, dispatched it. A really nice penalty. Uh, gave some to the Motherwell fans behind the goal which is always a lovely uh, extra added touch for me there um, but Motherwell certainly you know they did more than contribute to the game they they, they began to get up ahead of steam Kane Woolery especially as a, a guy that you know at Ibrox at the weekend and then uh, the other night as well he, he looks like he's playing with real confidence just now they're 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 a weird team though at the moment that I, I assume they're fourth yeah I've assumed <laughs> they're fourth for weeks because they've been uh, the, the, the handful of times I've seen them which you know they turned us over a few times this season the game against Rangers at the weekend and they've always looked useful and there, there's a lot of that you know there's a there's a lot to that mother of squad they, they can do a lot with what they've got um but I don't think they've won at all in the last six games and, and at the moment are looking very much like bottom six fodder and all the all the problems that we've highlighted are they not that, um are they not the same as Aberdeen and that they've not won they, since the winter I don't. They've. I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. They've got the same amount of points in the last six games as Aberdeen do, which is not great. Yeah. Um, if, but you know, we will definitely lose to them before the end of the season for the bottom six. Um, <laughs> and but every time I've seen them, I've thought that you know that they're they look like a really really useful team, and there's a lot of effort, and there's a lot of graft, and there's there's some quality in there as well, but a terrible goal difference and can't seem to get wins at the moment and can't seem to turn games around in the league um, and at the moment even though they've picked up a, a fair few you know, a very good point at the weekend and we're in this as a contest right throughout a point is not helping anyone at the moment Yeah and I think that you know looking at the weekend as well that's what I kind of expect from a Graham Alexander Motherwell team is, is you know I don't expect them to go 2-0 down all the time no. but you know you expect them to absolutely fight until the end and again that, that's exactly what happened in this game you know Ross County 
um, for all that they, they picked up the three points uh, I mean Connor Shields chance um, that he's just not opened his foot up at all I mean he's about four yards out from goal uh, and he's basically put <laughs> put it back across the goalkeeper if the goals were 10 yards uh, to his right it would have been a lovely finish but you know they, they had their chances they had their endeavour and they've got players in there like you say who, who are capable Kevin Van Veen is, is uh, an enigma to me because sometimes he just looks absolutely amazing other against time. Aberdeen against every, Aberdeen yeah. he looks absolutely amazing every but other time he despises Aberdeen for, for some reason um, but you know <laughs> but again like he's, he's one of these players that you know on the, in the blink of an eye he can make something happen and, and Kane Woolery is now showing uh, that, that he's capable of doing that as well Connor Shields maybe having a, a slightly tougher time of it you know since his move from, from Queen of the South but again you know what he's got is raw pace he's got power um, and he, he gets himself into the box in terms of Ross County, um, you know, it was it was Hungbo that, that, that stood up. Obviously, Charles Cook's the, the usual penalty taker. He, he, he'd come off. And, you know, with, with Jordan White, you've essentially just got a, a big guy. <laughs> He's never going to score loads of goals for you. Um, that's never going to be his game. But what he can do is facilitate the guys like Hungbo and Charles Cook and, and whoever it is that, that sort of comes in. Harry Payton's come back into the team. And, and you know, it, it looks as settled as Ross County have been this season. I think, I think even when Ross County were... Pish, yes, and they were pish yeah. at the start of the season. They were playing football like they were getting turned over. There was some like rudimentary stuff <laughs> going wrong, but they were they were trying to play football. And well, it was the it was the back four tombola that he was yeah, playing. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to be in there this week? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> um, but no, the, the they they tried to play some football, and it's hard to tell. Like at, at the moment. Speaking of tombolos, it is kind of like, is this a team on, on the rise or is this just their run? They've yeah. had a couple of decent... Uh, because they're entirely possible that they've gone from being absolute certainties to be in the bottom two. They looked at the start of the season, even though they were playing decent football, um, they looked absolute certainties to be in the bottom two. They're they're hard to play against now. Yeah. Like they've got... They're, they're useful on the counter-attack. The defence is much more solid they get bodies back um, and there's a unit I mean whether I think what the plan is for next season where I think they'll have to rip it all up and start again regardless but they should be safe now Yeah, and they've probably got they've got deep, like they've got as good a chance as anybody else in the league of finishing in the top six well that's what I was going to ask you know it's like I, I think they're quite safely safe now to be honest and and, and you know like you're saying I, I, I really like them on the counter attack I think they play really nice football as well um, you know getting guys obviously getting Charles Cook and, and Hungbo in there but like even Connor Randall you know from left back was, was pushing forward Ross Callahan likes to get forward but are they are they a team that's capable of picking up fourth are they because they're now they're now in that glut of teams that are within two points of fourth I mean, and, you're, and you're thinking like you know who would you not like to play just now I wouldn't like to go up to Ross County and no. I wouldn't like to go to Tony Mack so you know that that's probably the two right now that I'm like nah I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that I could they yes I don't think they will but who will Tom I don't understand I think it'll be Livingston because I think nobody else is putting around the a, a run together and I think that if it gets to so it, like it gets to it gets to the the split um, if Ross County got into the split I think Rangers and Celtic will beat them I think Hearts will beat them I think 
So it's basically a head-to-head against whoever else is there. And if Livingston are there, I think I, I would fancy Livy in that. It's basically, once you get to the top six to finish fourth, you need four points. <laughs> a win and a draw and you're there. That's right? it, that's it's it. yours. But, it, but that is, it's, it's, that's, that's, as, that's how close it is. And I don't see anyone putting in enough points in between now and then that they will have a four-point cushion um, before then. You know, somebody always pulls off a surprise result at some point in the in the split, but you don't need an awful lot. But if you know, it was like I was saying um, with with Livy, once you get into that top six, it is a it's a three-way shootout. Yeah, for. A European place, and I mean, again, the fifth could be Europe as well. So, like, it might be that you need three points yeah. from the point that the split happens yeah. to qualify for Europe next next season. Yeah. Do you think? Um, I, I say turn it around. It's still been an all right season, but do you think Motherwell could? Because they, they, they so often do under Alexander, they just turn a slight switch, and then they go on the run themselves. You know, obviously they put. Like I say, a lot of effort into this game. They had their chances in this game that it could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Are they out of the question? I, I don't. I, I feel. I feel like we're, we're talking about the same thing just it, constantly now. Like, no, nobody's out of it because you need a win, and it's and it's such fine margins. You know, you get a penalty that you shouldn't have got, or somebody scores an own goal, or you know, somebody gets sent off, somebody does something daft, and that's you. That's you in the top six, and then you take your free hit. Yeah. And see how it goes. Motherwell are. Uh, like I say, they, uh, most of for most of the season, if you'd uh, have asked me without looking at the league table, I would have thought they were fourth or fifth. Um, given they've been around there for a while, they've been on a far worse run recently since the start of the year than than um, I thought they had. But everyone seems to have their moment, yeah. and if they have their moment in the next three games, then yeah. But that, that's that's kind of it, though. It's like right now, I I've stopped using. The sort of the number to describe where teams are. So it's first, second, third, fourth, middle, tenth, and eleventh. Yes. And it's just like <laughs> that's kind of it. Fourth is important. I mean, Livy are only one point ahead of Hibs um, in in that position. But it's like you know, fourth feels like a, a landmark, and then middle, and then Dundee United and uh, sorry, Dundee and St Johnston. Yeah. Uh, just sort of see how it goes from there. Another team in uh, middle position, St Mirren. Uh, they travelled to Celtic Park, Parkhead, whatever you want to call it. Um, they lost two 0 and. You know, we'll, we'll talk about Rangers as well, but it feels a wee bit to me like it's in the huffing and puffing stage of the season. Um, you know, Celtic have had not great performances in recent weeks, especially, you know, the European ties uh, were, were, were god-awful. Um, and this one, you know, St Mirren really had to make them work to get the three points. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty turgid stuff. It wasn't all, good, Tom. All, all accounts, <laughs> it really was not good. I mean, largely credit to St, John's, uh, to St Mirren, who that was obviously the game plan, yeah. turn up with... Alan Power and Gogic in the centre of the park and Curtis Main up front, then you're trying to bully your way through this game and be very, very hard to beat. I was going to say, I was not surprised that Main came in for Alex Grieve. No, <laughs> no well, it's it, not his game. Like. It's yeah, it was it, it make it make it a battle, and like you say, it it does feel a bit like we just need to get there. You just like whatever your points total is, whatever you've decided at this stage of the season, some sort of success will be, and you know, maybe. maybe Everyone's feeling a little bit like this. Just get there. Just get over the line. Nobody is playing with any kind of real. Nobody's playing with any real confidence. Um, and there was a point that it, it, in the first half where it did feel like this. This this is bound to be nil nil. Yeah. Like St. Mirren are well are set up well. They're well drilled. They they largely had 
eight, nine bodies behind the ball at all times. And there wasn't the, the few chances that Celtic had were kind of snatching at them. Um the one, the one for me is is the one that I wanted to bring up, which is Charles Dunn's nearly own goal. <laughs> and it's like Charles Dunn um, had a catastrophe against Hearts last weekend. And it's kind of like Charles Dunn is in the middle of a game of Mario Kart. <laughs> and the, the person in front of him keeps throwing banana skins and he just keeps flying about all over the place. It's a remark- Ever since he had his, his red card then overturned, obviously, from the game against Livy, he's just like, he, he looks like he's sort of waking up upside down every day and then yeah. trying to get his bearings. Um, but no, you're right. There, was a, there wasn't many chances in the no. first half. No, and it was... It, it, if you had, t- you know, if you played that to people and not told them who which teams were involved, you would have imagined that was a mid-table scrap at this st- stage of the season. Certainly, from what I watched, there was less quality in this game than anything except maybe Hibs against Dundee. Um, well, we'll get to that. We'll get. Well, do we have to? Uh, I mean, we'll pay lip service to that. Oh my god! Um, but you know, the, the Celtic were certainly an awful lot better in the second half. I thought Juranovic had a made a he he kind of levelled up and decided that he was going to take things into his own hands on the right hand side the one player I was going to mention as well yeah, yeah. I thought like he, he was he was finding space and he was going by he was going by his man and that when when you've got so many bodies set up in a in a game like that if you've got somebody that can take two of them out as he did a couple of times then that was kind of what was telling in yeah. it and if Celtic go on to win the league that was a big, big win. Yeah, and they that, weren't very good. And that's it. And and you know, you look at any, you know, Celtic podcaster or Celtic fan online, and they say exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like at forty-five minutes there, they were worried. They ground it. Uh, Cameron Carter, Vickers, and uh, and Callum Gregor. Yeah. CCV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like uh, him, Scott Pittman, and John Souter all went to the same volley <laughs> class uh, in in midweek, and they all caught it very, very nicely. Um, yeah, CCV with the opener, and then Callum McGregor. It's a really nice finish. Yeah. Um, a kind of like almost like a traditional uh, a Callum McGregor finish, where it comes on his left foot and he just sort of drives it daisy cutter uh, back across the goalkeeper. But it's what Celtic had to do. It's probably what Stephen Robinson just about expected. Um, you know, obviously. Since he's come in, it's you look at it and it's it's two games, no goals, four goals conceded, but they were two very very difficult games. You know, Hearts um, resurgent. Obviously, there was a red card for Conor Ronan as well, and then Celtic away is is never going to be easy. But you know, you, you've got to think that Stephen Robinson has inherited a good squad that has been trained and coached very well by Jim Goodwin. That you know, even looking at the defensive side of that performance against Celtic, there's a lot for him to work with there. Yeah, I, I think. It's it's hard. I think the it's hard to know what the, what Stephen Robinson's plan is yet. Obviously, you know, you've given an awful lot longer to to figure out exactly. It's such a weird time of the season to be to, to come into a team as well. Yeah, completely. I I think that it looked like a stodgy Jim Goodwin team. It performed like a stodgy Jim Goodwin team, and he's obviously had them very well drilled defensively. And their their problem has always been creating anything. They, they don't create an awful lot of chances um, obviously we've been very very well drilled defensively but that there's not a huge amount of creativity in there um, if he can fix that and find a number nine who's even going to get nine goals a season well Eamon, Eamon Brophy should be the guy uh, he's been injured he's Eamon, been out Eamon injured Brophy, Eamon Brophy in the 11 definitely I yeah. don't know if like as a go-to guy for tons of goals I yeah. think the way that the, 
He's on six. He's on six for the season, and he's their top goal scorer. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. But yeah. I think if if they can get him doing that again next season, and somebody else that can play alongside, uh, who can maybe be a bit more of a focal point, then you know they they can kick on again because defensively, assume, presumably there'll be a, a bit of a, an overhaul with some of the players that are out of contract. But if they can keep hold the majority of that squad, then they know they all know each other. Yeah, and I think one player that they they would have missed obviously at Celtic Park, but they probably will miss next season is, is Connor Ronan. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see him and Brophy in the same team. It's something that you know haven't seen a, a huge amount of recently. Um, anyway, and then obviously, yeah, if if you've got if you play with a battering ram up front, then you'll get a battering ram up front, and that's what they had with with, with Curtis Main. Um, but no, Celtic in the end, I wouldn't say easy winners, but but certainly ground it out, and that's all you need to do. And speaking, Tom, of grinding out victories, St Johnson nil, Rangers Football Club won. Uh, it was a goal in the third minute from Glenn Kamara um, that, that sealed the win. I think Rangers could, probably should have scored a few more, to be honest. Um, but it was, again, you know, everyone's talking about Van Bronckhorst's uh, domestic record. Obviously, the amazing results and performances against Dortmund um, were, were, were incredible. But... You know he needed this, uh, and I think he, he, you know, even though it's only one 0 against St Johnston, that's a huge result for them. It is, and and you know, positives first. It was a really well worked goal. Yeah, Glenn Kamara would not have expected to get on the end of that move. Well, it, to be the man furthest forward to pick up the loose ball. Was... It's, it's interesting because his goal against Hearts was not the same, but it was Glenn Kamara bursting through the middle from midfield and, and going through on goal so you know maybe that's something that we'll see that, that's, to do, yeah. it's a Van Bronckhorst thing but no you're, you're right the touch from Morelos I yeah. mean actually Morelos' touches all night were brilliant like you know the, the way that he's kind of grown from being this arsehole goal scorer to actually being a creative force in the team as well and his, his little subtle touches as you know his turns inside have been brilliant yeah and just the way that he again sort of takes out two or three players a, a, a very similar kind of setup where St Johnston were not massively adventurous they did have their chances and they but it was it was pretty it was largely damage limitation and see what you can get which you can understand why they would do that at at, at Ibrox I think the frustration for the frustration for Rangers will be that at almost no point in the last month have they looked comfortable now the the Gerrard teams had their you know they had their wobbles too but a Steven Gerrard team that went 1-0 up after three minutes would have won that game 3-0 yeah. and um, and wouldn't have even had to get out of second gear Rangers huffed and puffed an awful lot and had other had chances should have been outside but they, they are still giving opposition teams chances and they're giving opposition teams chances like St Johnson who are second bottom of the league don't have Chris Kane don't have an awful lot of creativity in the squad. Don't like are missing their a number of their creative players, um, and have struggled for goals all season. And they were getting chances. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, one thing that I would say has maybe lessened the blow of, of Chris Kane going out is, is Callum Hendry, um, who I've been really impressed with since he since he went back to back to the Saint East from his loan at, at Kilmarnock. Obviously, he he had no guilt edge chances himself in that game, but he still worked his socks off. And on that pitch, I hate to bring pitches up, Tom. Pitches ain't shit. But I, I honestly, I, I, I worried. <laughs> I worried for, I worried for Balogun and Goldsworth. Sort of worked. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, we'll we'll let the view. We'll let the listeners decide. Um, 
let's just decide it works. But you know, he was putting Balogun and, and Goldson and Bassey under pressure, and, and you know that's kind of what Chris Kane would have done anyway. You know, it's it's the work rate and the endeavour to to get yourself in into those positions, and we almost had another Alan McGregor fuck up. Uh, right towards the end, which which would have been funny after obviously what happened uh, against Motherwell. <laughs> One fuck up's funny too. <laughs> and and there you know there have there have been a number this season, and he was outstanding last year, and you can absolutely understand why. Um, and had you know there were a couple of saves last season that were just all time great saves yeah. in Scottish football or from Scottish teams. You can understand why he wants to stick around for another season. He's getting into liability territory. It, like he is, he has not been good this season. Where no. where Rangers are in the league, um, he's a he's a significant weak point. And if you asked any anyone who's watched Scottish football this season, they'd be able to name you three goals that have been entirely Alan McGregor's fault. Yeah, and when you've got a really solid, decent goalkeeper in John McLaughlin, you know, yeah. waiting in the background. Who you know was was used actually um, quite liberally by Stephen Gerrard. He would bring him in for league games as well as cup games. Um, and who, at the very least, does not make many mistakes. Yeah, like that. I don't. Is John McLaughlin going to be able to do some of the things that Alan McGregor did last season? No, but he's not going to cost you goals, or not going to cost you chances, or he's not going to have moments of indecision or come flying out of his box for things in in the way that McGregor's doing at the moment. And. I don't think it's like like Al McGregor's forty years old. He's got to understand. I think he would be all right with understanding. You know, we're kind of managing a transition here. Yeah, but it feels like Gerard was managing. Alan <laughs> <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. Alan McGregor. Yeah. Do you know who you're talking to? You're, no, but it, it felt like it was uh, being managed like that by Gerard. To yeah. be honest, it, it did feel like that, and it feels like that's maybe gone a wee bit under Van Bronckhorst. Um, John McLaughlin holds Hart's, you know, clean sheet record. It was consecutive numbers of, of, of clean sheets and stuff. He's a very good, capable goalkeeper. And you've got a feel that if Ali Crawford had got there in time uh, towards the end there, then then maybe you've got to be asking real serious questions about Alan McGregor because it's just, it's not very good. But, you know, we're, we're focusing on a negative, which yeah. is easy to do when it comes to Rangers and you're speaking to a Hearts and Aberdeen fan. I understand that. Yeah. However, you know, they, they did win the game. They were worthy of their victory. Yes, of course absolutely. they were. And, you know, you've got to think that really for them now, the margin of error is zero um, between now and the end of the season. I think so. I, I mean, and it, you know, we, we aren't being completely fair because Celtic toiled against St Mirren yeah. and, and Rangers toiled against St Johnston. St Mirren, have, uh, sorry, Celtic have earned that three-point yeah, gap though. They, yeah. they, they absolutely have. And I think the there are, there is no margin for error, not just because... Sometimes there's no margin for error because both teams are playing well. At the moment, there is no margin for error because neither of them are playing particularly well. And when we said earlier, nobody's going to go on a three-match winning run. At the moment, I wouldn't include Rangers and Celtic at that. You would not bank on them winning if they play like they've been playing in the last month. Either of them. They have not been as creative. They've not been as fluid. They've looked like a team that have played a 50-game season. They've both looked like teams that have played 50-game seasons. Rangers' record in Europe, different thing altogether. The way they, they found a whole new level, they found a whole new, whole new levels of energy. And if you can beat Dortmund, you can beat anyone um, in that competition. But domestically, and in the league in particular, they, they have looked tired. Said we wouldn't concentrate on the negative. Because, but they did. But they did win the game. Yeah. And if Celtic drop points, and they're looking like dropping points too then they are still in this very much. 
Is this going to be the least exciting title race of all time? <laughs> Two teams tripping over each other <laughs> right until the last day of the season and then they both draw nil-nil and, and one of them takes the trophy home. Like, every, every other point in the league is going to be fascinating. <laughs> like a nine-way tie on 41 points or something like that. What sort of seven-way tie on 41 points and, uh, you know, Rangers and Celtic, someone wins on goal difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the the right. I don't care who wins. I know neither do I. I I could I could care less. But um, the, I think the frustration is when you don't care really who wins. You kind of want someone to win by being really good. Yeah, you want somebody to really. Or you want someone to lose by being fucking terrible. Even better. Yeah. Even at the at the moment, both teams have had their had their moments and had kind of three month spells when you're like, right, yeah, there's something really coming together there. At the moment, neither Rangers have that playing particularly good football they're not very good to watch the games that they're involved in are only kind of enjoyable from a non-old firm fan schadenfreude tom um, this segue is beautiful talking about teams who aren't very good to watch who are drawing a lot me. of games <laughs> it's dundee versus hibernian dundee versus <laughs> two teams who going into the game can't score a goal for shit scored no goals uh, and it was nil nil at dundee i mean that's maybe unfair dundee scored twice against celtic okay fine but it ended 0-0 and deservedly so. There was 42 minutes on the clock before there was a shot on target uh, and that was a fairly tame Ryan Porch's header from a corner kick. Um, and really the only point of interest in this entire game was Rocky Bushiri bitch-slapping Paul McGowan <laughs> on the nose uh, and, and getting his jotters for it. Otherwise, I mean, it, yeah, um, uh, Elias Melkerson came on and, and made his yeah. debut for Hibs uh, as did Runar Hauga. The two Norwegian lads coming on at the same time in the game. I think uh, Melkerson, uh, for all intents and purposes, had some nice touches. Uh, I was told that Sylvester Jester, uh, whatever his name is, Sylvester Jasper, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely, okay. I genuinely thought his name was Sylvester Jester. That wasn't me taking the piss. Uh, apparently, he uh, he was the one Hibs player who, who properly looked like he was trying to do something and, and trying to affect the game. I think he is that kind of player where every time he gets the ball, he's confident um, and he's, he's going to try and take the game to them. There was a Charlie Adam run, a very nice run, and shot on his right foot that whizzed right by. Tom, have I missed anything from this game? Uh, Dun- yeah, Dundee had their, it's their only shot in 180 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe they had no shots at the weekend and one shot today. That's, one shot last night. So That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's not the... It's, it, it's it's an odd decision to sack a manager. Like you sack a manager when you've you've kind of lost faith in yeah. them completely, not because of a bad runner results. James McPake was actually had a fairly good runner results. Yeah. And you've installed Martin Gee, who at least when he was good, was known for playing like fairly cavalier attacking football. Yeah. Um, and I can understand why you'd want to go into Dundee and try and fix the defence, but that's not been the problem this no. season. And to like Hibs have been very bad for quite a while and against 10 men not to really even look to press from your advantage and just take a point when you really need fucking points like yeah. you need a lot of points yeah Every, no draws are no use to anyone at the moment they're really no use to Dundee whatsoever um go for it and like if you lose you lose it, the, the, at this stage of the season point is no use whatsoever um, as bad as Hibs were it was probably a better point for them than it was for Dundee but there's there was there's nothing to talk about in this game it, it's 
It was two very, very bad teams. Yeah. Playing in a very, very bad game and not much. On a very bad pitch. On a very bad pitch. And it looked like a very cold night. <laughs> I don't have anything. To, I, I really did. I did try. I did try and find something to. to oh, well, I, 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 listen, there was Max Anderson trying to decapitate Josh Dyke. Um, yeah, which absolutely could have been a red card. Yes. Yes. Yes, there was that. So there was... There, Fla- was, there was flashpoints. There was some moments of violence. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, okay, well, we can we can try to concentrate on that. There was two s- sort of slightly petty Friday night fight moments. Yeah. But I, um, I don't have anything else. I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I was looking, I looked at the stats in this. I looked at... There, there's nothing remarkable. <laughs> Could I get something out of the number of runs? There were Hibs made slightly more runs than Dundee, but Dundee don't make many runs normally. Is that good or bad about Dundee? I don't know. Don't know even know there's if that's a tactic. To into this. Yeah. It was there. It was a. It almost looked like a game that was fairly devoid of either manager even having ideas. What we wanted to do. <laughs> the the concept of a whisper of an idea. It was oh, turgid. What an absolutely fantastic way to end this podcast. Just, end just on a high. Tom, Tom Watt <laughs> spiralling into despair about Dundee versus Hibs. Uh, but Tom, uh, thank you very much for joining me um, for this podcast. Uh, and thank you all very much for listening as well. As we always say at the end of every single podcast, check out our Patreon. Pay £2 a month or 5 or 7 and you'll get different levels of fantastic extra content from the team at the Terrace Podcast, including the review from the Terrace Podcast patron things about pop culture about music about films about everything that's not football so please check that out as well but for the time being thank you very much for listening enjoy your weekend of football and we'll see you next time sports social podcast network hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.